0: Just a quick note, our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to present English in its most natural form. What this means is that every now and then, one or two uh, bad words might slip through the net. So just a warning that this episode contains a little bit of adult language.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome to- Welcome to the podcast, two T's in a pod.
2: Get rid of that. Are, you in, are, you, are you entering or am I? You go. You go. I'm ready. Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, two T's in a pod. Hiya. I'm Katie. I'm oh. Tim.
0: Sorry for interrupting you there, mate. How have you been?
2: Been good, yeah. Been really good. Hot. Hot. It's yeah. summer.
0: Sweaty old Barcelona. Very sweaty. Yeah, we're in the back of the sweaty old studio. Um, <laughs> but no, it's been nice. I mean, here in Barcelona. So, what are we talking about today?
2: All right. So today we're talking about coincidences and small worlds, small world happenings. Small world means that something, you know, you feel like the world is really, really big. But actually, it's very small, and I think coincidences happen all the time. Mm,
0: like if you bump into your next-door neighbour when you're on holiday on the beach. Exactly. In wherever. Exactly. And you think,
2: what are you doing here? Whoa, it's a small world. Have you ever had a, a really weird coincidence happen to you, Tim?
0: Have I ever had a weird coincidence? Well, I think for me, I can pinpoint specific things that have happened in my life. That have led to other things like the way you meet people for example right okay and the way that you qu- kind of might not have met someone and things could have taken a different course so for me for example when i was at university my first day at university um 18 years old first time um well in a new city i'd lived on my own before and it was like the first day and they're organizing like in the bar in the uni organizing like a get- to know you meeting and so I was walking across the like courtyard um, the area outside the bar and I saw some people in front of me like a, a tall guy and then a girl and a guy with curly hair and I didn't know anyone I was there on my own I just thought I'll follow them they must know where the bar is and then walked into the bar and then didn't really know anyone and just walked up to them and like tapped on them on the shoulder and said like Oh, is this the party? Okay, okay. And then they were like, yeah, it's this way, it's here, this is the place. Um, and then kind of sat down on my own because was feeling a bit shy. And they were like, no, come sit with us, come sit with us. And then like one of those guys, like the tall guy, uh, Nick, who we now call Todd, uh, <laughs> has been like a really good friend. And, and the others as well, like Andy, have been really good friends of mine. So like the, literally the first people I met at uni became like really good friends. And so we had this getting to know you party, drank lots of beers, had a really good time, ended up going back to their flat uh, at the uni and like had, had lots of fun, played lots of music, um, discovered we had lots in common. Then like about three in the morning, went, okay, let's get to bed. Went to bed, got woken up for uh, about an hour later by the fire alarm going off. Um, evacuate The whole building gets evacuated um walk out onto the onto the grass and look up and the whole of our like accommodation building the roof is on fire what on the first night at what? university, yeah <laughs> and then there were other people other students who had been out clubbing and they'd been out drinking and clubbing and they'd arrived home um and they were still wearing like the girls in short skirts and the guys in all their, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: they said the guys in shorts the girls the, in short skirts and, like they
0: just arrived back from a nightclub Um, to their house on fire, like the whole building on fire. Oh, no. Um, But luckily, my flat was at the bottom, so nothing got burnt. (laughs) So everything
2: burnt down from the top (laughs) down.
0: Nothing got burnt, but when they they tried to put out the fire, the fire engines arrived, firefighters arrived, and they poured loads of water on the, obviously, on the fire to put it out. So then all the water destroyed all of our flat. Um, And it turns out that it was one guy in one of the top flats who it was his first day away from home first day cooking for himself he'd gone into the kitchen made himself a bacon sandwich okay uh fried the bacon in a frying pan then like made the sandwich left the pan on the on the heat on the hob and not switched the hob off and then gone into the living room with his sandwich closed the door then gone into the kitchen five minutes later and the whole kitchen was on fire
2: was this when they had like those really annoying fire doors? That, yeah, the like, door that it shut. Closed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole place was still on fire. The
0: whole place was on fire, and then wow. the whole roof—it got up into the roof, and then the whole roof just went boom, and the whole place Ooh, was on fire. Gosh. But then I got moved to a different flat, and the people that I moved into that flat with, Matt and John, who we spoke to a couple of episodes ago about his trip around the world. Um, they were my new flatmates in that flat. So if that guy had switched off the hob and not set fire to the whole building, I never would have met John. Are they the and ones who met
2: at that bar that you said the No, one.
0: they were they were other friends as well. Okay. But I wouldn't have met them if if it hadn't been for one guy not being able to cook a bacon sandwich. <laughs> that um,
2: is that's yeah. quite a coincidence, quite I a think. Coincidence. I feel like stuff like that happens.
0: So at the time we were like oh that guy he's so annoying he burnt our house down like really annoyed with him but then now over time we were like
2: well if it hadn't been for that guy you wouldn't have met very precious friends I wouldn't have met very precious friends,
0: friends. and like i i married john and anya at their wedding
2: wait hang on a minute you've got to rephrase that sentence <laughs> i married john and then you paused and then said and anya i Do married you them you were like the person who was doing the ceremony i did the ceremony okay. at their wedding you didn't marry john just well, to clarify
0: i would love to have married john but no um <laughs> and matt is gonna marry me and my oh, fiance it's a little gonna trio c- conduct the ceremony at our wedding next year does that so. mean
2: john is gonna conduct his ceremony well that, that would John's be the conduct matt's ceremony
0: the cycle maybe
2: that's so cute The world is complete. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's all down to one stupid guy who couldn't make a bacon sandwich properly. So, we're speaking to Mara about coincidences. So, first of all, Mara, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: So, hi everybody, I'm Mara. I've been living in Barcelona for almost six years now. I'm from Romania originally an English teacher, surprise surprise, and occasionally on Sundays I run a pub quiz in a bar called Imperfecto.
0: Okay, great. And uh, tell us a little bit about your small world story you've got for us.
3: Well, it all started with a hike in New York State in some beautiful mountains, and I was in the forest with an American friend of mine. And we just happened to pass by another group of hikers, and you know, common courtesy is to say hello, hello, make a little joke about the weather, the impending rain. And just after we passed them, um, I said to him, "They sounded Slavic or Germanic or something, right?" And he said, "I don't know, maybe, maybe they were Slavic." And I said, "I don't know." And then, just after I said that, I heard the woman's voice echoing in the distance, and she said something in Romanian. So, like a normal person would, I just dropped everything and I ran after her, and I said, where are you from, even though I knew the answer, and she said, Romania. And you? Me too. Uh, where in Romania? And she said, Baco And I said, I'm from Bako too. And there we were, um, three people from the same hometown, near the border with Canada, on top of a mountain. So, um, fl- uh, fast forward uh, two or three months, also in, in the United States, I was visiting a family friend who was showing me around the campus um, in, um, in Boston and in Massachusetts, and uh, Harvard, and um, I was telling her this story, and I was telling her, what are the odds of finding somebody from our hometown on top of a mountain in the U.S.? And just after I finished that sentence, I hear a voice behind me saying, Mara? And of course, I thought I was like hallucinating or something. And I turned around. And sure enough, there was a friend from back home from the same hometown, also on Harvard campus. And uh, he told me later that day as we were grabbing a drink, um, I thought it looked like you, it sounded like you, but it couldn't possibly be you so that's my story of just finding a lot of random people from my hometown and yeah
0: when you least expect it
3: exactly in, in the u.s yeah
0: okay and it was a different person the second time yeah so another just as you'd mentioned what are the odds
3: yeah another one. behind me okay. saying mara <laughs> yeah
0: well it's a small world
3: it really is yeah.
0: okay great um tell us a little bit more about your pub quiz that you ran for people living in barcelona
3: well uh, we started organizing it a year ago. Um, it's in a quirky Belgian beer bar and uh, there are maximum six people per team, minimum three and you can win anything from free beers up, and of course uh, the jackpot if you answer the jackpot and, uh, questions correctly and if you're really really bad at general knowledge then you still have a chance to win something randomly uh, at the raffle.
0: Okay, great. And what was the name of the bar again? Imperfecto. On parallel, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to us.
3: You're welcome.
2: <B-O-X-3> my stories my coincidence stories similar to that, actually. So I ended up um I didn't get into my first choice of university. You had to choose five that you want to get into. I didn't get into my first choice. So I had to go for my second choice. And because I didn't get into the first um, the second one I hadn't booked any accommodation. So it was the la- accommodation was really last minute and I just, I just slipped into a, a house in um, uh, a, a student residence, the last one that was available. So it was a house of 10 people and we got on quite well, I would say. Uh, there was 10 of us and we all shared a kitchen and we all had our own room with individual bathrooms.: stuff. Ten. Ten people in one yeah. flat, yeah, yeah, with yeah. one kitchen. Yeah, wow. It was so gross. I, I remember bet. so many. This story from another episode. So many gross times. Oh, all pe you know, seventeen and eighteen-year-olds living alone for the first time. Oh, oh it was so nasty. And just loads of potato waffles. Yeah. Like, why were there so many potato waffles?
0: Frozen food. Frozen. Right? Everybody's eating frozen. But-
2: Particularly potato waffles. Wow.
0: Comfort food. Comfort food. (laughs)
2: Definitely. So we were all sitting around. We had a giant, giant dining table. We were all sitting around this dining table, getting to know each other, um, having a few drinks and things. This was like a few weeks in. We'd spent all of our, a lot of time getting to know each other, but we were all there having dinner together. And my flatmate Amanda, who I'm still good friends with, um, was talking about her friend, Kirsty, who lives in Australia. And I went, not Kirsty, you're. And she went, uh, yeah. And I went, what the heck? So Kirsty and I had lived together in Oman, in Muscat, in the Middle East, in the 1990s, and we were best friends. What? And it turns out that Amanda and Kirsty, who's also from Scotland, Kirsty's originally from Scotland, and, um... Her parents, well, her mum's originally from Glasgow, as is Amanda. I went to university in Dundee. And uh, Kirsty's dad and Amanda's mum were good friends. And they met that way. And so they kind of, they kind of grew up together. And every time Kirsty, who was living in the Middle East, when she left the Middle East when we were nine, she, let, she moved to, emigrated to Australia. So her and Kir- her and Amanda remained good friends all throughout the years. I lo- kind of lost touch with Kirsty in the meantime because it was a bit difficult. We were nine and you know it was you know the 90s it was a bit difficult to keep in touch with people. She
0: lived in Australia and you lived in Yeah,
2: exactly. We sent a few letters back and forth occasionally and then it moved on to email and then when Facebook came around it was great. We got back in touch again. It was fantastic. Um so anyway then Amanda came to Dundee to study medicine and I came to Dundee to study psychology at the time. And we met that way. It was just a really, one of those really weird moments when someone who's really, really important, quite important in your life, and but you then both end up in the same flat by some really bizarre coincidence. Yeah. And it really makes you feel like the world is really small. Mm-hmm. And, and some people think it's... Not to do with coincidence. I don't personally believe that. I think that coincidences happen all the time. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's coincidence or do you think there's something else involved, some kind of fate?
0: Do I believe in destiny? Do you believe in destiny? No. I think it's all uh, random. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That things just happen. And we kind of believe more in destiny because these things seem so random. Mm-hmm. Um, It seems like they they happen for a reason but for me not it's nice when it happens but random
2: weirder things have
0: happened exactly have you got any other coincidence stories for me
2: got some i've got some coincidence stories that have happened in the world this one's a good one right so As I mentioned, I studied psychology at university, so I'd I'd heard about these guys. This is um, an article that I found on BoardPanda.com, and it's called Ten Plus Crazy Coincidences That Are Hard to Believe Actually Happened. So, here's the thing. There's two twins who were separated at birth. Okay. Both both boys. This is, I would say, mm, quite a while ago. They were both separated at birth. Identical twins. So they met later on in their lives, and they they found out that each other existed, and um, they were both given new names after they were adopted into new families. Do you know what that name was? It was one name. They were both given the same name. What? Do you know what that name was? No way. James. They were both called James. They both grew up to be police officers. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) It gets weirder. Both of them married women called Linda. What? They both married a (laughs) Linda. They each had one son. One called James Allen with two L's and the other called James Allen with one L.
0: (laughs) Why? You're shitting me. No.
2: They also both had a dog called... Called Toy, weirdly. They both had dogs called Toy. (laughs) It's just bizarre. Then they both got divorced and they both ended up remarrying two different women, both of whom were named Betty. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's mental.
2: How bizarre is that?
0: That is Identical
2: twins separated at birth
0: and they basically had identical lives
2: identical lives well in terms of names yeah
0: yeah well names
2: yeah how do you you think about that Do you still think it's fate not fate rather
0: that's crazy um i don't know identical twins are weird though aren't they maybe we got some
2: weird mystical
0: some connection some magical connection wow where are they from ohio ohio yeah That's crazy. Got any more? I like this. Hit me. All
2: right, this is another one I thought. It's from the same article. Mm -hmm. And it's called Miss Unsinkable. Any, Any guesses? Something about boats. It is about boats. So a woman called Violet Jessop, who is a nurse, a stewardess and a nurse. So you can either see her as being seriously lucky or seriously unlucky. Okay. So... She was a, birth, a, a nurse and a stewardess on the HMS Olympic, which sunk. She was a nurse on the HMS Hawk, which sunk.
0: Are this all in the war or?
2: I get, well, you'll see when this is. Okay. She was on board the HM, H, HMHS, I don't know what that is. HMHS Britannic, after after it hit, after hit it, which sank after hitting a sea mine. Oh my God. I didn't think they were real. Anyway, and she was also traveling on Titanic. Seriously? Which sunk after hitting iceberg and survived all of them.
0: So the Titanic was like her fourth or fifth. It was her fourth sinking. Fourth sinking. Wait, hang on. One, two, three, four.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her fourth sinking and she didn't die. She must have been like, right, everybody, I know what to do. Or maybe she was sinking the ships.
0: Maybe she's, yeah, smoking gun. It was her
2: blame her that would explain a lot
0: i read today actually i was reading about the battle of britain yeah about you know the big fight in world war ii and there was a pilot in the battle of britain that got shot down five times and he really? just kept parachuting out getting a new plane taking off <laughs> <laughs> give me another plane Another Getting one. shot?
2: Well, that I mean, it's not a, a highly unlikely that you wouldn't get shot. Well, hang on, I'll rephrase the sentence. It's highly likely that you would get shot down in the Battle of Britain. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that's not that weird. Yeah, but, but he's lucky lucky that survived, survived that uh, many times. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's quite good. Uh, it's quite good luck or bad luck. Good effort, as it may seem. Got any more? Uh, this last one is about Anthony Hopkins.
0: I like Anthony Hopkins.
2: Um, who, well, there's a few more actually. There's one about Anthony Hopkins who's in a uh, a film with Goldie Horn, which I've never seen, called The Girl from Petrov- Petrovka. And he was trying to look, find the book for the film and was wandering around, I think, New York, trying to find it. Couldn't find the book. It wasn't stocked anywhere. And then he, when the filming began, he met the author, weirdly, um, and the author said no hang on I've, re- I've messed the story up start again start again so he couldn't he couldn't find a book couldn't find a book until one day he got on the subway and he found a book just on, on the seat of a subway and he was like oh that's the book I need to read for the film I'm about to play to star in brilliant so he took the book Then he later met the author and the author, he was telling him how he found it really difficult to find a copy of his book. And the author said, oh yeah, I also don't have a copy of the book and I can't get a new one because I lent my copy to a friend who then lost it on the subway. What? So that was the copy that Anthony Hopkins picked up. That's That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: I often think about that, the the idea of like one object or one coin or...
2: Yeah, getting it all around the world. Okay. It was a bit like, have you ever seen that film, Serendipity? I haven't, no. Okay. Uh, if you like romance comedies in the early 2000s, it's the one for you. Yeah. But it's basically, um, Serendipity means uh, kind of fate through a coincidence, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, a fated happening. Yeah. And um, so the they kind of I can't remember, remember what happens, but she ends up writing her phone number on a on a dollar note and throws it into the wind and he tries to chase it and then she kind of disappears and then uh, it turns up, he gets handed it like five years later or something with her uh, number. It's it a film. Comes back it's yeah. a film, so... Yeah. But someone's obviously thought the same thing as you. What happens to that one coin? Where does that go? Anyway... Shall we just listen to some other people that have got small world coincidence stories?
0: Yes, we should. Roll the tape.
2: <B-O-X-3> Welcome, Cat. Welcome to Two T's and a Pod. Thank you for speaking to us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So you've got a story about a coincidence that's happened to you. I have. It's uh it's a
1: funny story about a small world. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what happened? Okay. Um, So this was um, uh, quite a while ago. Now, it's about teaching, funnily Mm -hmm. enough, Mm -hmm. this story. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been teaching in Barcelona since 2005. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, well, 13 years now. Um, And after about, I'd say, three years or four years of teaching, I was working for a company who would send me on intensive weekends or intensive weeks... um, to the countryside, and mm-hmm. we'd go two teachers and two students, or one on one, or three and three, whatever. But you'd do full intensive days breakfast together, lunch together, dinner together, and in between classes with mm-hmm. the teachers. Um, and on about, well, there were, in this case, there were five teachers and five students. There was um, one student per teacher? One student per teacher, although we rotated right, okay.
2: The with the students. It was like a summer camp for adults. Eh.
1: There wasn't kind of activities like in a summer camp. It was was just intensive English classes. Okay. Um, well, so we sat every breakfast, every lunch and every dinner. We sat around a huge round table
3: mm-hmm. so we
1: could all talk together. Mm-hmm. And on about the third or fourth um, evening, one of the teachers, who I didn't know before this camp, mm-hmm. in fact, I only knew one of the teachers, he, I just felt he was really staring at me mm-hmm. and I was getting... Yeah, a bit uncomfortable, really, because every time I looked at him, I'd see him looking at me as well, which was, ah, yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so anyway, we, it was like this for about, I don't know, maybe half the meal, and I looked at him and gave him a look, like to say, you know, what, mm-hmm. what do you want? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, you don't happen to have a brother, do you? And I looked at him and I... I said, yeah, I do. And he said, is his name Marcus? And he is Marcus. And I don't know how he knew that, because we don't look similar or anything, but he said, I worked with your brother in Liverpool, in England, in the city that my brother had gone to university with, in a pub. Seriously? While they were students, they worked in a pub, and this guy had worked in Liverpool with my brother in a pub and was now working with me in Barcelona. (laughs) In a in a hotel teaching English.
2: That is... What a small... That is a small world that story. That is a small world story. Gosh, and, and how... So, how... It was through gestures and...
1: I don't know. We don't look... Well, I don't, I don't think we look similar. People don't don't think we look similar. But I guess we must, I don't know, have the same mannerisms.
2: Mm. What are the chances that he'll be working with your brother in, in a pub in Liverpool... There's many pubs in Liverpool and then come and work in this rather small company. I know. Well, these things happen to me quite a lot. Um, Another
1: example was, uh, again, a friend I was working with here in in Barcelona from Australia. Mm -hmm. And we worked together for a year and then she lived here for five years and we Mm -hmm. were the closest of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And she decided to move back to Australia. And she moved back to Australia, but she didn't want to lose... The Spanish that she'd learned while she was here, so she signed up to a language exchange in Sydney. And called me the very next day and said, uh, "The woman who organises the language exchange knows you." No way. Yes, and I <laughs> so I think I either taught her in Barcelona or something. They went. Oh she was gosh. talking in Spanish in the in the That's, language exchange, and she was saying what about Catherine Flem. Jessica Mills.
2: Okay. I have another really weird, small world experience oh related to Jessica. Oh no! So do you know I used to live in her flat? Once she moved back to Australia, I moved into no. her flat. Yeah, I did. Do you not know that? No. So she used to live in LaSalle's, and yeah, my I friend know. Claire moved in with her. And then when Jess moved out, my friend Louise and Petra moved in. I don't know them. And <gasps> no, you don't. And this then, is my life. It's always
1: like yeah, this. What I've never told you this world. before. No,
2: <laughs> and then they moved out. Oh, uh, I moved, no, Claire moved to Australia as well, and I moved in with Louise. So I, li- I lived there for a year. My I've goodness. never told you that. No, so I lived in Jess's flat for a year. We still have all of her furniture. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What a world. There you go. That's a, that's a small world experience. It really is.
3: We're on a mission to avoid
2: repetition with five ways to say.
0: Five ways to say.
2: Mm. So, our five ways to say this week are all related to coincidence. Mm. The first of which is one that you mentioned earlier, Tim, which was to bump into someone. Mm. Which means to meet someone or see someone in a coincid- in a coincidental way. Mm-hmm.
0: Not expecting it. You're walking down the street. Ah, oh, I bumped into an old friend from university.
2: Mm, for example. Exactly. Is a good one. Quite quite used quite often. So look out for that.
0: Exactly. Um, a second one is similar, but we normally use it more for objects. Is to come across something. Mm-hmm. So it's to find something unexpectedly. You could say, "Well, wow, I was." Uh, up in the attic the other day, sorting out, tidying up some old things, and I came across some old photos from when I was a kid. They were really embarrassing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can also uh, come across like uh, an old T-shirt you'd forgotten you had, for example. Mm-hmm. Oh, I came across this old T-shirt and I'm still gonna start wearing it again because I forgot mm. about it. That does that happen to you? Happens to me quite a Yeah.
0: Good. Um, you have a little clear out of your wardrobe. A clear out meaning
2: throwing things away. Exactly. And reorganizing. Yep. Definitely happens to me. And the next one is uh, kind of a way you would start a story, mm-hmm. a surprising story or something that happened to you, and you'd say, you'll never guess what. And then you explain the story. You never guess what. The other day I bumped into Jim who had come across... Okay, that's taken it a bit far, but you know what I mean. You yeah, start exactly. a story now, You'll never guess what.
0: And then the other person might say, what? You'll never guess what? What?
2: What? What? What is it? What? Yeah. <laughs> that's the reaction you want, isn't it?
0: Exactly. You want people to go, what? You want what? people to
2: what? Get, <gasps> what? 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 Um, what? What, what,
0: what? The next one, well, it's a bit of grammar, really, but we're going to just throw it straight in there. Um, it relates to my story about um, the way I met some of my good friends. Um, and the chunk is if it hadn't been for. Yeah. So I can say if it hadn't been for that guy not cooking his bacon sandwich properly and setting fire to the whole building, I wouldn't have met my, some of my best friends.
2: So If it hadn't been for X, I wouldn't have X. Mm-hmm. Or I would have X. Mm, exactly. The chunk there. And the last one is uh, kind of an expression. So you, you'd use, for example, say something like, um, like, in my story, when I was, uh, not the story, the story I was telling about the twins, uh, Tim was going, oh my God, really, what? And you say, no, 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 but get this. It gets stranger. So get this, get, get this. this is, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say next. Yeah, I've got exciting. Get this, get this.
0: I've got excite- something exciting to oh say. Oh yeah, Get this. There's
2: another one. There's another part of the story I've got you going to Get this. Get mm-hmm.
3: this.
2: So we're talking
4: to Joe uh, about coincidences and small worlds. Uh, first of all, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, yeah, my name's Joe. I'm originally from Portsmouth in England. Um, I've been living in Barcelona since 97 and I've been in Catalonia since 94. Okay, great. And uh, so what's your small world story then? Well, basically it's a story about about a, about a hat. Um, <laughs> years ago when I was living in Girona, um, I was sort of looking for English speaking friends and a friend of mine who was working in a bar, she said that they had a client who, sp- who spoke he spoke really good English, and so I went along and I met him. His name was Ricard, and he was in Girona um, for, a, for a conference. He actually lived in Barcelona, but he was just there for a few days. Anyway, we became friends, and and um, I went to Barcelona to visit him, and we went out and enjoyed the nightlife, and then he came to Girona to visit me. And when he came, it was the, the Fidas de Girona, which is like the local festivities of um, of Girona, which happen in October, I think. Um, so they happen every year. And so they have concerts and um, we went out and it was getting a bit cold in Girona at that time of year. And so, um, Ricard, who was a bit more sort of, um, more of an extrovert than myself, he had like a, a felt bowler hat. And so, um, so we went out and we went to this, these um, uh, feeder, these festivities and we went to this concert, and at this concert we sort of met the, a group of girls and we were buying them drinks and chatting, and Ricard, my friend, noticed that one of the girls was wearing a hat, and so just to, just for a bit of a laugh, um, he said, oh let's swap hats, and so they swapped hats, and that was it. Um, so the concert ended, and the night ended, and, and we went back. and. Um, and that was it. And a bit of a hangover the next day, but nothing too nothing too serious. And so, if you sort of fast forward um, three years, so to ninety eight, um, I was with my um, well, with my girlfriend at the time. I met her in ninety seven. I was living. I moved to Barcelona and I was living in in the Raval area of Barcelona, one of the. <laughs> One of the less uh, salubrious areas of Barcelona, and we had quite a few. well it was like a student lifestyle. We had quite a few parties, and so in one of these parties, I met my, I met my, my I met Noemi, my, my. Um, she became my girlfriend, and um, and Noemi was living in Padua which is a bit sort of further uptown. And then, one day it was a bit cold. I was with her in her flat, and. Um, we were just about to go out and so she, she was getting a you know, coat and scarf and stuff like that and she was just rummaging through, rummaging through the drawers and um, and I saw hats and I said mm? rings a bell. And so I asked her, uh, um, where did you get that hat? And she said, oh yeah, I think I got it. I think I got it at the Inn Ola a few years ago and I said, okay, okay. And I left it at that and so we left the flat, and we were going downstairs and um, she turned and looked at me and said, No, 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 it wasn't Olaf, it was Girona. And so the penny dropped. So inadvertently, I had met my, my wife sort of like three or four years um, previously in Girona, and you know, one of the big coincidences of life. It's so a random encounter before the fact. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. That's a really good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's incredible. It's incredible. And um, still sort of, you know, still get goosebumps a little bit when I think about it. Yeah. And it's a good story to tell um, yeah. people if, when they ask you how
0: you got together, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a nice, it's a nice story. It's a nice story. Yeah. And it's, it involves a bowler hat as well, which is yeah, <laughs> which very okay, English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's like, good
0: so um I understand you also run uh, a company uh, a new
4: way of studying English yeah um, a bit about that yeah um, I a few months ago I started a company called cooking English and the idea of cooking English is to offer English training to people who have got um got like an intermediate level um, and it's but it's a different way of improving and, and practicing your English because I sort of combine basically conversation glasses, communication glasses, but with, um, with either cooking or, or tasting, but always around food and drink. Food and drink is sort of like um, the activity that we do to practice and improve, improve your, your English skills. So it's a project that I've been working on for a few months now. And um, it's slowly taking shape, and you know I'm doing sessions, and it's going, it's going slowly but really well. People are the people that have come so far been really happy with it, and I love doing it. So that's that's the that's the most important thing. Okay, great. Where can people find out more about cooking English? Um, I've got an Instagram account which is cooking English, um, a Facebook account which is a aprende, aprende inglés cocinando. And I've also got a web, which is um, cookingenglish.es. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to us, Joe. Thank you. We're
3: on
2: a mission to avoid repetition with five ways to say...
0: Five ways to say... Now we have a special bonus edition of Five Ways to Say, and they're all about reacting to surprising or coincidental uh things that people say to you yeah um
2: so tell me something and i'll react
0: okay um i met tom york at a music festival once
2: now i could react to this in two ways first of all being who's tom york from Radioheads. i know i know who he is come on the second one the real reaction is what no way yeah yes way what no way did you really yeah i did oh okay well, I've got another one. I nearly got run over by Prince Charles of no. England.
0: You're shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit profane, that one. It's good, though.
2: Okay. you can. Just, that is a true story for another time, but we'll tell it another time. Uh, you can, instead of saying, are you shitting me, which is a bit rude, you can also say, are you joking and are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding?
0: Are you kidding?
2: Are you joking?
0: Are you shitting me? <laughs> It's a good one, but don't use that one. You know, just you know, informal situations. Be friends. Be friends. Okay. Um. Ready?
2: Uh. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Okay. My mate once saved a penalty from Gordon Ramsay.
2: Seriously. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay, being the celebrity chef who used to play for Rangers Football Club. Yeah. So, what are you talking about?
0: The gordon ramsay was filming a tv show in my mate's village yeah and there was a break in in filming and there was a football there and ramsay was like right i'm gonna take some penalties and my mate saved one um and nice gordon work. ramsay was very angry really yeah showed him up he made him look stupid
2: well i mean I'm glad someone did yeah um, and another, I'm just going to invent one, Tim, because I don't have any other surprising things. No, nothing else has really happened to me. Um, so uh, we were on a family holiday, and one of our my friends uh, ordered a pizza, and we were quite happily eating it. And what she thought was an anchovy was actually a caterpillar that had crawled into the pizza. Oh, are you
0: having a laugh? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. That's a real one.
2: Um, So, are you having a laugh? That's a good reaction to Are you having a a laugh?
0: Are you having a laugh?
2: Are you having a laugh? Emphasis on laugh.
0: So, you can respond by saying, are you having a laugh? Or, what? No way! Or, seriously? Or, are you joking? Are you kidding?
2: Are Are
3: you you kidding?
0: Are you shitting me?
2: (laughs) That's my favourite one. Are you shitting me?
0: And those are five ways to react to surprising news.
4: We're on a mission to avoid repetition with five ways
2: to say.
0: So thanks a lot for listening to this episode. It's been a fun one. If a little bit sweaty.
2: Tim's got his top off. Yeah, I
0: had to take my t-shirt off. It's got awfully sweaty here in the studio.
2: He's currently flapping at his armpits. (laughs)
0: Fanning myself a little bit. Uh-huh. We've got a, a challenge for all your comment, all those commenters out there, haven't we, Katie?
2: All those hundreds of commenters that we've got. Please leave a comment. We'd really love to hear from you on any, any, for any platform. Mm-hmm. Instagram, SoundCloud, now on iTunes, uh, Facebook. Facebook, Twitter. We're all on there. Yeah. Please leave a comment about your small world story, something that may have happened to you that you'd like to share. And we'll read them out on a future episode.
0: Mm, yeah. Send us your coincidences.
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a comment on all of the social medias available. We'd like to thank our sound producer, Ben Ward. And Mark Wilding for doing the artwork and our branding, which looks great. We'd also like to thank Lisa Marie Court, Berenice Ray, Vicky Melena, and myself, <laughs> thanking myself, for the jingles. And Tim Worry as being my co-presenter. And me, Katie Wright, the other co-presenter. Thank you to all of the guests that appeared on our show today. And we hope that you tune in next time for another episode of in and Apart.
1: Welcome to Welcome to the podcast. Two T's in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two T's in a pod.